1: Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because ain't nobody got time for that. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co host, Benedict, whose government mandated period of mourning ended just soon enough for us to record this week. Benedict, what's something you missed from the 90s? The Queen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I specifically intentionally did not ask a Queen question, <laughs> because fuck you, because why would I? Yeah
3: no fair enough Um, intentional choice you just ruined yeah I'm sorry we can cut that out it's all good Um, yeah no I I did feel weird about it though like as I think probably people uh, who listen to the show know I am neither a royalist nor an imperialist Mm. Um, but it's just been like such a
1: radical centrism (laughs) on the monarchy is your position exactly
3: (laughs) Uh, no royalism and imperialism are hand in hand let me tell you that much um no, but I, it was, it's just weird for it to happen because, you know, she's just been around for the entirety of my adult life and my uh-huh. parents' adult life. So it's, yeah, yep. very
1: odd. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, she has been around since literally your parents' entire lives, hasn't yeah. she?
3: Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, been that's queen. Nuts. Since, yeah. It's, it's. Was it's she queen?
1: Like, the, what year was she, did she become queen? 52, I don't know.
3: 22, I think.
1: Jesus, that is forever. Yeah. She's been uh, I guess my parents, I think, are a little bit older than yours. So, uh, or no, wait. When were my parents born? Wow, that's a good question. No, they were born in the fifties. So don't, yeah, same don't thing. Don't yourself thing.
3: via your parents' I really should know
1: ages of all my yeah. family members, but that is just not something that can stay in my head. Not a strong suit. That's
3: fine. Um, something I missed from the nineties: cartoons. I guess is mm. the yeah. Like I, I used to watch a lot of cartoons, but like niche cartoons, not normal cartoons. So like, did you uh, did you have um, Biker Mice from Mars? And st- no, street is sharks. not what I'm familiar so, with. I think Street Sharks was just like a knockoff Ninja Turtles that made it to the what? UK for some
1: reason. What? You yeah. just couldn't get licensing for Ninja Turtles so they came nin- up with some other <laughs> we,
3: shit? We had Ninja Turtles too, but I think they were called Hero Turtles, not Ninja Turtles. What? Yeah, I think it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I well, forget. I think
1: it's probably because the Insane Clown Posse owned the uh, trademark to Ninja, so uh, were, maybe. it wouldn't to be
3: um, No, Street Sharks was weird, and so it was by You my know what? Benchmark. That does
1: ring a bell. Street Sharks rings a bell, but I don't remember it 100%. But
3: the Streaks were called Ripster, Big Slamu and Streaks. <laughs> and i think the, that's fantastic i know oh it was on for three years and it's currently on peacock oh no pluto oh, wow pluto we're gonna have TV, to watch it Patron peacock. only bonus patron okay. only
1: bonus watching so, some street sharks. there
3: are 40 episodes of street sharks, <laughs> and the, yeah, we'll uh, get right to it. the 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 title card is is uh this all the letters look like shark teeth which is <laughs> just <laughs> i don't that's know awesome. how to describe that so that it's good I stuff
1: guess, good stuff
3: yep that's it what about you
1: uh, for me, this is, is going to be a weird one. Um, there was a time, and I don't even know if you had this in the UK, same sort of situation, mm-hmm. uh, where it, every TV commercial that was trying to sell you something mm-hmm. ended with like whatever the video was going into a little PIP box up in the corner, and then there was like a blue screen with yellow font with like the price and the phone number you had to call to get yeah, it and all I that understand. other stuff. I don't know why, but I saw that the other day, and it gave me such nostalgia. Oh, really? Yeah, it just hit me so hard in yeah, that nostalgia I spot. I don't
3: think I, I don't think we had that.
1: Mm, it, you know what? You missed out. You really and, uh, you <laughs> forget know, Street Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> you missed out on late night uh, uh, commercials where you could buy something on the phone. That's what you missed but, out. on. You know, sure. Yeah,
3: why not? Yeah. I do remember the days where in the UK, Cartoon Network used to change into a completely other. It changed into like TNT at 9 p.m. for some reason. Yeah, you try Are, and are you cartoons. just
1: misremembering uh, animation? Or, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, God, why am I blanking? It was b- before they really started doing uh, Adult Swim. There was like, uh, the, like the the anime thing they would do in the nineties or the two thousands, where they uh, play anime. I don't know what, what
3: you're talking about. No, it was literally it just changed into a different TV channel, okay. Cartoon Network at nine PM <laughs> in the UK, just became like a live action channel. Was, there were right. no cartoons anymore. I don't know what happened. It was very weird.
1: Strange enough. Yep, Strange enough. Sure is. Well. Anyways, uh, Berlitt, uh, you might know mm. what we're here for, what exactly we do here, but uh, some of the other folks out there who didn't watch Street Sharks <laughs> back in the 90s, uh, they may not know exactly what it is that we do here. So to them I will say, this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep mm-hmm. to plumb the depths of right-wing thought. by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction, and in between, taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. To start us off you have a hot take for us this week
3: yeah and it's based on what just happened in our real life interaction and it is that you should never try and explain the internet to someone who doesn't understand the internet for context my wife is in here before we started recording kevin played a clip the the
1: clip oh i played i played let let me give an example of the people let me let me let them know uh, uh, what it was i played this clip
0: up yours woke moralists
3: We'll see who cancels who. And my The best wa- clip. My wife's verbatim reaction was, who's that? To which I was like, <laughs> God bless you.
1: <laughs> you were keep just it, like, that's why I love you. Keep it that way forever. <laughs> I will
3: rot my brain doing this, and you can, you can continue to earn money for our families that can survive. <laughs> what about you? What's your hot take?
1: My hot take this week, Benedict, uh, there are real cities and there are fake cities, mm. and I did not know it. Until yesterday, but I live in a fake city. Okay. Uh, because yesterday I visited Kansas City. Mm. Uh, KCMO, if you will. Uh, home of Tekanina. Tech 9. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> man, i just, I just been thinking ever since I got back that... Uh, the, the reason why today's show is late, too, by the way, Excuse for our me, patrons. City. It's not late for the normal people, but it is late for the patrons. Uh, is because I was traveling all weekend and just got back earlier today. Uh, so that's that, that's that, but, you know... Take a vacation to Kansas City if you want. It's a fun town. Anyways, <laughs> on to housekeeping this week, remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on all of the social medias. And uh, I don't have any updates. I was busy over the weekend, like I said. But we do have some new inductees into the Spooky World New World Order. Bleh. So this week, we would like to induct our two new patrons, Veronica Forker. You are now part of our
2: New World Spooky World Order. Yeah.
1: Welcome. and Welcome. The second one I'm concerned about because the name is a underscore baby. Is so it? if we a have a baby, baby, or is it a baby? You know, if it's that, it's okay. But if we have a baby listening to the show and 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 sending money to the please show, please ask an adult. Uh, ask an adult. <laughs> ask an adult. But a baby, you are now part of our
2: new world spooky world order. Yeah.
3: That goes out to all babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course if you would like to become part of the spooky world new world order you can do so by tweeting about the, or about the show or posting uh, on social media recommending it to others send me a screenshot or tag us in it leave a star, five-star review whatever you can and drop me a screenshot let me know make a donation to a worthwhile charity become a patron or patron if you're nasty or just get my attention with something good and benedict with all that out of the way why don't we get into this week's episode
3: let's do it what are we doing today
1: Well, Benedict, uh, today, obviously, we did uh, the last chapter of Mark Levin's book last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week, we are starting our review of Alex Jones's The Great Reset.
3: Absolutely cannot uh, wait. Oh, your, your Alex Jones is going to come such a long way. Oh, I'm going to get a such a gravelly
1: weeks. voice. I'm, I'm going to lose my voice over doing that. I have to I have to ration myself to just a few times the episode, hopefully. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be doing it. Uh, but this week, Benedict, we are back on the Lunatic Fringe. I know I said uh, two weeks ago that was not a canon episode. Uh, so that was not part of uh, the lore of the series. But mm-hmm. this one, we are back to the Lunatic Fringe talking about how the far right became the center on the right wing. This week we are talking about colleges, Benedict. Colleges. The title of today's episode, which you don't know yet, is The Kids Are Not All Right: (laughs) Conservative Youth Culture on Campus. Okay. Uh, And conservative youth culture is the kind of thing that makes you wonder if the kids in that Offspring music video didn't have it okay after all.
3: (laughs) If the Uh, culture, if culture is a real word.
1: Ah, sure. Uh, so first off, I sort of have to define what I mean when I say conservative youth culture, right? Yep. We have to sort of define... Love to, love to uh, define
3: words, that's good.
1: The age range of the target audience, I think, is, is important, right? Mm-hmm. The target audience is really an important thing. Um, you know, you, you got to cater your programming and your style and uh, determine what topics you touch on to reach the group that you really want to listen and watch and yep. give you money. Mar- uh, Marketing
3: 101, sure.
1: Yeah, And of course, for the majority of right-wing youth culture, that is 55- to 75-year-old boomers who no longer talk to their grandchildren, but want to be spoon-fed proof that somehow, despite all metrics, proof, and evidence, that the younger generation really is into Jesus and laissez-faire capitalism, screaming about Marxists, and most certainly not white supremacy, of course, Mm -hmm. because that's a myth. We all know the Democrats are the party of the Klan. Thank you, Dinesh D'Souza, for teaching me the truth. Would you like a hard candy? But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are several results, I would say, of the conservative youth culture, because although these things, I will argue to the end, are ultimately aimed really at the older generations, mm-hmm. they are pivoted, they're meant to portray to these older people a certain image of what youth culture is mm-hmm. uh, within the Republican Party. Uh, these things do make their way to the youth because you can't just hire actors for everything. You have to have some real kids in there. Mm-hmm. Um and there are several results, I would say, of how this has, has come about uh, that I think you could place on a not entirely accurate but maybe instructive spectrum. Okay. So that's where we're going to begin this week, on one end of that spectrum. Sounds and on, on that end, where we're beginning, we have the libertarian, slicked-hair, suit-wearing, fast-talker, mm-hmm. uh, who not only was the president of his high school Republican club, he was the founder uh <laughs> if we're are we so we're doing
3: archetypes can we give can yes. we give real world examples of the archetypes uh, did you think I wasn't going to do no, that? No, I'm just setting you up because I know you've done it. I know. But we try and make this seem like a conversation and it's I not know, too recent. I know. So I'm doing uh, my best to make this look <laughs> fucking natural, okay?
1: If I ever gave you access to my notes before we do this show, you would ruin it by just jumping ahead of wherever I was. Yeah, i get uh, bored and my... be like, skip to oh, the two thirds in. Get to this paragraph. Yeah, I like that Yeah, this is one. interesting. <laughs> Uh, this is, of course, the Ben Shapiro type. Mm. Uh, and if we're going to pick a group on campus, I think I would say that this is the one representing the original college Republicans, uh, the Coca-Cola classic of right-wing fascism in the United States. Do we States. think
3: Ben Shapiro is truly a libertarian, or do we think that's just no. a guy? No. Okay. Okay, no, no, okay.
1: no, no, no. That's something I was going to get into. That's but part He's not of that, a libertarian. That, no. Okay, okay, okay. You, that's because fine. we shit on libertarians a lot because they deserve it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, But there is, and there are, sincere libertarians in this world. People who actually believe in the core tenets of libertarianism. Contractual relations, the non-aggression principle, all Mm that bullshit. Um, You cannot hold those positions sincerely and say or do the things that Ben Shapiro does. Mm -hmm. Uh, The anti-LGBTQ bullshit, the war on drugs that he supports, all that sort of stuff, completely clashes with sincere libertarian beliefs. Mm -hmm. But there are aspects i think of libertarian argument that they have adopted and enjoyed do you think and i think because, in particular do you
3: think it's because libertarianism meshes quite well with some aspects of leftism
1: um it's a it's an possibly, easy it's an easy crossover
3: but, from like people should be able to do whatever they want man you know like
1: yeah but these people aren't even really down with those sort of things that leftists can get down with right they're not down no, with no but that's drugs. what i say it's like it's like the, it's like the with...
3: gateway drug to conservative oh
1: yeah you know, and and you know this episode is not about libertarianism but you know i think most of us went th- who who moved out of the right wing sphere towards the left did go through a libertarian. okay so it phase.
3: can go the other way too it's a, it can be a gateway drug to yeah. to going each way okay yeah no, yeah i going. know
1: i certainly did i definitely went through that okay. phase but i think it's it's like the one biggest draw i think that maybe they have is the laissez-faire capitalism mm-hmm. Because a lot of us went through a phase in our life where we're like, I'm a fiscal conservative and a social Yeah, no liberal. such thing as that, by the way. No such thing. Does not exist. You you just want to sleep with the girls who want abortion <laughs> rights. Really? And so you need a way to, to say to them that you're cool with that. But you uh, think that we should starve minority communities in this country by restricting all government mm-hmm. aid uh, and, and completely decimate uh, a lot of – decimate rural areas, if we're going to yeah. be honest. If we start really actually cutting mm-hmm. down on government spending – But anyways, like I said, the Ben Shapiro type, the college Republicans, uh, this is the guy who thinks that, and I say guy because (laughs) they're mostly men, uh, they think that they can destroy the libs with knowledge and evidence while only ever picking fights that they know they can win ahead of time. Uh, they don't think they're racist, but that's only because the group of people that they hate aren't actually human. And you see, it's impossible to be racist against subhumans. I mean, Muslims, sorry. Um, So to begin, why don't we talk a bit about this subgroup of conservative youth culture, starting with the WAP master himself. Uh, And obviously we've done a... I'm not going to play the clip. We played it before on the show. We're not going to play the WAP clip. My head is fully
3: Uh, resting against my microphone in anticipation of whatever Kevin's about to do to me.
1: No, no, no. We're not going to. We've done a full review of Ben Shapiro's book. Ben Shapiro's reading
3: of WAP. (laughs)
1: Still the greatest thing he's ever done to this day. Uh, But that included a lot of talk about the man-child himself. So if you haven't heard it, it is worth going back and listening to some of that review if you're interested. But I also think that back then I wasn't doing the full author introduction episodes. Um, so we may or may not have done a full episode on Ben himself, and honestly, I didn't take the time to go back and check and see whether mm-hmm. we did or not. So I thought it would help us to I go over some of the basics. We briefly
3: did, but I don't, I don't know. It's Maybe. worth revisiting
1: anyway. I think there was a point where we did like a half and half episode, mm. like a close out of the yeah, last book I think that rings and uh, well. intro to the next one. I don't remember if that was that. I could have looked, I didn't take the time, but I thought we could go over some basics of Benny's history, just to illuminate not so much uh, a movement he created, but the sort of movement in conservative youth culture. That I would say he embodied and supported. Uh, so Ben Aaron Shapiro mm-hmm. was born January fifteenth, nineteen eighty four. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, at the age of sixteen, he graduated high school and went to UCLA, where he graduated summa cum laude, and then went to Harvard Law, which he graduated from in two thousand seven. And I don't think you or Did I you say the age of
3: sixteen?
1: Uh, he graduated high school. At yeah, 16.
3: Why do people who graduate high school uh, early always don't know. end up weirdos? Like it's just uh, like, I don't it's know. something.
1: But I think neither you or I have ever denied that he is educated and that he has some measure, I think, of what we will call intelligence without knowledge or knowledge without intelligence. You know what I mean? He is a well-read person. Uh, he, He understands these concepts and ideas but he's a fucking Oh, nerd. he has the
3: vocabulary to talk about the idea. I don't even necessarily think it's yeah. that he understands them. I think often with these things it's like literally knows the words required to sound like he knows what he's talking sure. about.
1: He he's read the books. Yeah. He's read Hobbes and Locke. Whether he actually understands I think he might understand the concepts those people were putting forward. I don't think he understands how that relates to the actual war. I think that might be part of the disconnect. Uh, but attempting to follow in the foot, what stood the footsteps uh, of his dim-witted forebears? Uh, in 2004, the same year that he graduated from UCLA, Benny wrote his first book titled "Quote Brainwashed: How Universities Indoctrinate America's Youth." That's really Buckley, uh,
3: Buckley-esque. As you know, saying.
1: of course, I put Buckley in my notes yep. here. Uh, uh, it was Buckley. published. It was published by the crypto-fascist fake news outlet World Net Daily Books. Right. Uh, and you know, also like Buckley, who I'm sure he admired, nobody gave a shit about that book. Uh, and to be he fair, gave also a shit about where Buckley, Buckley... At the time. they did. Yeah, well, well, you know, where Buckley, I think, was sort of trailblazing on the complaint about colleges' grift back in the '50s. Ben was just following an established trend of whining mm. about at that point. Right there was there was nothing really new about this. This was already well underway in the right, and he was just oh, seeing yeah. a trend where he might be able to make some cash. Sure. Uh, he was actually a published author before then, being the youngest U.S. syndicated columnist that anyone has ever bothered to know about at age of 17. Uh, I say that because everyone says youngest in the U.S., and I have seen no one who actually took the time to figure out if there was anyone earlier than him. So I'm just going to say youngest anyone has ever bothered to know about. <laughs> uh, he was syndicated by the creator's Syndicate, okay. Uh which which is an organization that primarily deals in syndicating comic strips, mm. which I find delightfully ironic regarding. Yeah, ben, there's no way. As I find him a ent- comical human. Yeah,
3: being. also he hates comic books. Surely.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the thing about this group is that it allowed the creators of the comics to retain their ownership rights, which was a very good stride forward uh, in that industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it has also syndicated a number of political commentators throughout the years, uh, specifically conservative ones, after it obtained the Heritage Features Syndicate, which was previously run by the Heritage Foundation. So that might be how Ben ended up. That happened in the late 90s, so well before he was there. But after graduating Harvard Law, uh, he spent some time working for the law firm Goodwin Proctor, which is your standard big law firm. Uh, I was able to, unable to find out when he left, but he couldn't have been there more than a few years, because by 2012, he was hosting a radio show and became editor-at-large of Breitbart News. Okay. How but old the is he at this ship- point? In 2012, he was born in 84. Do the math. I don't know. I, 28. I, I, pff, sure. No, that seems too old. Is that right? Yeah. I'm bad at math, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't pay yeah. attention. I think he's he's six years older than me. That's all. So I mean. how old were you in 2012? Uh, I don't fucking remember. Uh, go find my license from back <laughs> then. Uh, I wouldn't say I would have a birthday. But the secret to Ben Shapiro's rise isn't nearly as organic as it may seem. Uh, the Ben Shapiro persona that we know is the creation of a man named Jeremy Boring, the Daily Wire co-founder. Very of found ironic. Him. Yes, he is, in fact, the Daily Wire co-founder and man who was killed by COVID in 2020, as Ben Shapiro and all of his cohort were trying to cut back on restrictions and. Sorry, really? That irony, of course. Um, he was a Hollywood producer uh, who met Ben Shapiro at a group called Friends of Abe, which is a conservative That's, entertainment that, industry sorry, club. Sorry, did
3: you say Jeremy Boring was killed?
1: Yes, he's not dead. He died of COVID.
3: Jeremy Boring died of he's COVID. He's not dead. I could have sworn he died of COVID. I don't think so. Who am I thinking of? I that? don't know.
1: Hold on.
3: Let's Cut that out right shit now. out. He's not
1: dead. Who the fuck died of COVID? That I put in my notes. Was there somebody else whose name I accidentally put the Carmen wrong one Kane. in? I might have put the long. I might have put the wrong name in there. That might be what happened. Uh, there was somebody else related to Ben Shapiro who I just transposed the wrong name in. Hold on. I got. I got to look okay. it up now. That's right. Okay, Jeremy Boring. He's the guy who they did that bullshit Razor thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. He's you know the,
1: what I'm talking he's, the about? Exa- he's the he's the chief executive of Daily Wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, uh-huh. Somebody died of COVID, and for some reason, I wrote that very late last night, so uh, it is possible. I will look into it and include it in my update section next week. What I meant. Just, uh, just, by somebody just dying of keep COVID. it out. <laughs> Eh, somebody died of COVID. I don't remember who. Anyways, maybe it's somebody. Oh, you know what? I think I know what it was now. Uh, Was it Foster Freeze? The guy who gave money to Charlie Kirk? That might be someone who died of COVID. Uh, I was covering a lot of ground at one time when I wrote that paragraph. (laughs) Anyways, it doesn't matter. They met uh, at a group called Friends of Abe, which is a conservative entertainment industry club formerly headed by Gary Sinise of um, uh, Forrest Gump. That, that Gary Sinise. Yeah, it's fun stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, Shapiro and uh, uh, Boring were introduced at that club by the uh, hypocritical coke fiend, Andrew Breitbart. Uh, that's how they met. Uh, Boring arranged for Shapiro's big break interview with Piers Morgan in 2013. And after that, when everyone was like, who the fuck is this dick? Completely arranged to have his wardrobe redone, got him a personal trainer, got him... all. All this sort of, he set, he created an image for Ben Shapiro, just like they do with Hollywood stars. Like I feel like
3: all media personalities. I'm sure.
1: And of course, went on to co-found The Daily Wire Mm. with him. Uh, Boring has told interviewers that at the time, he recognized that creating Ben Shapiro as a brand would be beneficial to them. Uh, And he recalls telling Ben Shapiro, quote, Let me make you famous, and we'll have a much louder voice and a much bigger platform to advance our interests. End quote. So, in all aspects, I think he succeeded. I'd say so, right? Ben became the symbol that he wanted. A vapid waste of time pretending to have points while masking the lack of substance in slick presentation and fast talking. Uh, He's the epitome of a certain kind of ideal that existed back then. It's one aimed... At a decidedly unique brand of conservative youth, the type who went to country clubs, probably got good Mm -hmm. grades, wanted to please mommy and daddy, and whose innate sense of superiority listed them the heights they never deserved to achieve on merit. Uh, He also, for a good part of his time in this position of preeminence in conservative youth culture, pushed the idea of a smart libertarian ideology, which is what we talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit ago, right? which was itself a trend that existed outside of Benny at that time, right? Remember, he was at Breitbart, and Andrew Breitbart was pushing this sort of supposed smart libertarianism, mm-hmm. which is really just fake liberty. I mean, like, you know, if you're going to look at who are real libertarians, it's the people over at Reason Magazine. Those are like the real libertarians. Mm-hmm. And they thought Andrew Breitbart was a fucking schmuck. Uh, and, you know, this is the time of the Tea Party, mm-hmm. and asking outright... You know, bigotry and greed under the guise of states' Mm -hmm. rights. That was the trend at the time. And of course, it was a total sham. And Ben's elevation at a young age should have betrayed that he was actually just a very well-educated and well-read moron to anyone paying attention. Mm -hmm. For example, in 2013... As editor of Breitbart, he personally wrote an article claiming that, quote, Senate sources had told him that Chuck Hagel had received foreign funding from a group purportedly called Friends of Hamas. (laughs) Did it matter that no such group existed? Of course not! Because Hagel was an Obama nominee for defense secretary. Uh, But the story, I think, of how Ben came to write that story is actually what shows... Um, What happens when your utter disdain for expertise and training combined with that unearned sense of innate superiority lead you to think that you could be the editor of a news outlet in your 20s? Uh, The whole thing occurred because a reporter named Dan Friedman cracked a joke to a Republican staffer that Hagel had given speeches to a group called Friends of Hamas. And this made its its way through
3: the weird—
1: It's not a very good joke, but it was probably just the sort of thing where they're standing off to the side. There was, like, something going on at the time. They were, like, uh, uh, certain groups were investigating his past political donations. And so it was probably just, like, you know, in that context, maybe it was a bit... I don't know why I'm defending Dan Friedman's sense of humor. I don't know why I'm trying to do that right now. But... This made its way through the weird right-wing telephone game that operates in the U.S. Capitol to Shapiro, who published the story without bothering, apparently, to even Google whether such a group existed. Um, And in fact, it was Dave Weigel, recurring, recurring character on this show, who immediately after publication did the research and wrote a piece showing that no such group existed. Right which i just love that so much and then dan friedman himself called ben shapiro to ask about the story and shapiro told friedman that quote the story as reported is correct right and i mean technically it was that's very ben shapiro there because he only said that senate sources had told him that it happened yeah but that's the point right Pretending that words are magic and that if you report something like you aren't is exactly endorsing the kind the truth of thing the claim. that Ben
3: Shapiro gets mad about when, like,
1: yes, yeah. pretends to be mad about yeah. while engaging yeah. in it. Right? It's it, it's it's a core of the current right wing media sphere, and it's a game that conservative youth, in my experience, try to play to very poor effect of playing word games like that. Well, if you look at the semantics and the yeah. grammar of what I said, then actually I'm technically correct. Fuck you. Uh, no, and if you're familiar to be fair, vers- I
3: love to be technically correct. It's one of my favorite I know things. you
1: do. I know you do. And that fuck you was aimed at <laughs> Uh But if you're familiar with a version of this story, it's probably because the HBO show The Newsroom, which is a Sorkin joint, did an episode with this storyline. Uh, and hey, hate Sorkin's uh, radical centrism all you want. The guy makes an entertaining TV show. Sure. Uh, and I fucking love the newsroom. I thought it was great. I love the characters. They're all they're all outstanding. They're wonderful actors. And I love me a walk and talk. Hate me if. you Is want. that
3: the one where they're like? Actually, never mind.
1: It is. It is the one where they are running a newsroom, and yeah. the the main guy played by um, blah, 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 one of the guys from Dumb and Dumber, who I'm blanking on his name, um, is like a, a Republican news anchor who sees all the bullshit happening under the Tea Party era and like goes for radical centrism which ends up being you know a little bit like liberal vaguely left vaguely democratic party shit like that's okay. ba- basically what he goes for as just like going hard on republicans that's basically the whole show i like the show i will say it a thousand times i okay. like sorkin shows i think he writes good dialogue and it's entertaining plenty of people have complaints about the newsroom and Friday west wing I Fair complaints. Fair complaints. I agree with most of them. But I just enjoy good TV. That's all it is. Uh, but there's also, of course, with Ben, uh, his intense racism towards Muslims in his writing. Uh, the time he lost his shit at Andrew Neal over mild criticism of the right was, side of history. That
3: is incredible, by the way. And because accused of, of who being liberal.
1: Anyone who knows well, Andrew Neil Well, Benedict, Neal, why he, don't you let it say it? Let you let him say it in his own well, words cuz I'm about to play it I, right can now. Can I just
3: give you the context that yeah, Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Neil is a famously rigorous BBC mm-hmm. interviewer but also yeah. a famously partisan conservative pundit when not on the BBC who founded GB News or like one of was the main drawer of GB News when that was founded he was poached from the BBC and is also the publisher of the conservative spectator magazine in the UK. Yep. So yep. who has published the likes of Douglas Murray and others. So like it's it. This is not a lefty liberal. I, I literally
1: had that he's published Douglas Murray <laughs> yeah. in my next I bullet you point.
3: To you would, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yes. But here's what Ben Shapiro had to say about him. This learned young folk, Ben Shapiro, and his great book, which we found to be a crock of shit. Uh, here, this, is a, um, this is like a, a thing from The Guardian where they, it was, it was I don't know, like a 10-minute interview, I think. So they put some of the, the pieces of it together. So that's what I have here.
3: Probably. Okay, it's the BBC. It was on.
1: Yeah, but it's from the, the, the video I have is clips gotcha. from it on, yeah, yeah. The, on the Guardian's uh, page.
0: Why is it that a bill banning abortions after a woman has been pregnant for six weeks is not a return to the dark ages?
2: What's your answer? My answer is something called science. Human life exists at conception, it ought to be protected. Now, back to my question to you. You purport to be an objective journalist. BBC purports to be an objective down the middle network. It obviously is not, it never has been, and you as a journalist are proceeding to call one side of the political aisle ignorant, barbaric, and sending us back to the dark ages, why don't you just say that you're on the left? Is uh, this so hard for you? Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> that laugh. That laugh. That's it.
3: <laughs> it. Young man, if you only knew.
1: Well, that's laugh, literally what he yeah. says next. Let me keep it let me keep it going. Let me keep it going. To Seriously, Shapiro,
0: I, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is <laughs> you've said it. I, I just really? ask you
2: a question and I asked you a question, you failed to answer a single one of mine. <laughs> frankly, I find this whole thing a waste of time. If you want to read the book and critique the book, why don't you read and critique the book? If you want to, read, if you want to critique me, you can think whatever you want of me. Why don't you frankly, just try and I don't answer care. the I don't, questions? I don't frankly give a damn what you're, you think of me, since I've you, never heard of you.
0: you and I've never heard of you until i briefed myself for this, but that's not the issue. You have a then new why the book hell are out, you and it's, me, an,
2: it's an interesting
0: book. But my point is, your book claims that society... Well, it'd be, society, be nice if you quote it from time to time. Your book is... Well, actually, I've to so several times, and I'm about to do so again, if you would let me just finish the question. God damn, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Hey, it, it, Put someone... Look, he's a, you a serious
3: this guy journalist, Andre You it?
1: said this guy is a conservative hack, but I will give him all of the. I watched another interview of him. No, he's uh, a he serious did. interviewer,
3: especially on the BBC, a, where he has to he's be. He's a very good interviewer. Very he's a very good it.
1: interviewer, and you can see he is very rigorous and he doesn't let bullshit slide. know I, I did. I,
3: I, I mean, he, he is. I, I think famously outside of the BBC, quite conservative, but I, I wouldn't even call him a hack. I just think he's he is quite a conservative, like journalist. But on the BBC, he's very just rigorous. He's a he's a good journalist.
1: Let's let it play just a little bit more. We have about uh, 30
3: seconds. He walks off, right? (laughs) Let's see how it ends.
0: Question. Uh, You bet that society is turning its back on Judeo Christian values. uh, What what are those values? What are are the values it's turning its back on?
2: Uh, I, I. You know, I'm not inclined to continue an interview with a person as badly motivated as you as an interviewer. So I think we're done here. I appreciate your time. All right. Well,
0: uh, thank you for your time and uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse. (laughs) Now, Mr. Shapiro, we'll say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking brilliant, man. Fucking brilliant. There's nothing
3: like a brash American coming up against (laughs) a, like, (laughs) well-prepared Brit who's just like, whatever, man. Fuck you.
1: Oh, that's just it. I mean, Ben even recognized... That he did so fucking bad in that, that, uh, you know, you know how Ben, one of the whole grifts that he has is all these things about how you win arguments, and if, if the other person gets mad, then they've lost the argument. And yeah, that's yeah. not true, because if you're arguing two plus two is four, and one of you starts yelling that it's two plus two equals four, they're still correct, and they've still won the argument. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Ben. Uh, but that's the little game they like to play, and how they like to tell them they won, because they just infuriate the other party to the point they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, now I've won the argument because you've lost your mind. That's an ad hominem attack. But Ben even admitted in on Twitter, I think later, that he lost that under his metrics of whatever the fuck because he lost his goddamn mind because he got basic questions about his book. He was being asked.
0: Well, he got he got asked
3: about his quoted like he 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 found all the tweets where he was anti-Palestinian in the past and Mm -hmm. was like, and he was basically like. How is this helpful to the discourse is like what leads up to that. It's like, how is you being provocative on Twitter? How can you then write a book saying we all shouldn't be so angry at each other? Like, aren't you just adding to it? And then he got real mad and stormed (laughs) off the set.
1: And see, I call that calling Ben Shapiro on his basic level bullshit. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, So, you know, I will say that Shapiro represents an archetype that never really existed of the supposed smart conservative. Right? Mm-hmm. It just wasn't really a thing. Maybe that Andrew Neal guy. Maybe he's a smart conservative. I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, but not in the U.S., certainly. I don't think it's a real existing archetype. It's short, sort of like that glorious past that so many people want to return to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I will say it is the archetype that I pictured myself belonging to when I was a young conservative. Right, I thought I could win any argument with facts and logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called myself a libertarian at one point while spewing the same conservative lines about drugs and the LGBTQ community that Ben does. And we've seen these types Can on campus, Can we be right?
3: clear that we're not talking about me when we talk about Ben?
1: <laughs> Shapiro. Okay. Shapiro. i got to use his last. I think, didn't we have that problem we, when we did the no, book, too? No, we did Benny Schatz. I Shaps. kept saying Ben. We, we changed yeah, to yeah, Benny Schatz. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've seen these types on campus. Your standard college Republicans and college Republican groups today still remain, for now, I think sort of the largest collecting point for people who consider themselves serious young conservatives. Um, Although they've changed some, as we'll discuss later. They tend to attempt to dwell in the zone of perceived respectability Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, have significantly fewer numbers than any other group on campus, of course. Uh, But that just means that group like them, you know, since there are fewer conservatives on campus, uh, that groups like them and and FedSoc at the the law school level, uh, they have easier access to climb ladders within conservative organizations because there's less people who want to be involved with that in the first place. Mm -hmm. But... Before we move on to our next group, I want to talk for just a minute about right-wing culture surrounding college and the idea of attending college itself, right? Uh, Listeners to this show are probably aware that almost every author we've read has attacked the idea of attending colleges as uh, indoctrination centers Mm -hmm. or socialist training camps or whatever the hell. And while I don't think we've yet read an author on the show who outright told people not to go to college, that's the message that gets delivered down the chain. That same... Weird Game of Telephone that brought friends of Hamas to Ben Shapiro, that gets delivered to its people reading between the lines and, it's, oh, don't go to college, that's bullshit. And I can speak to that from personal experience, right? The twist of my life path that, you know, turning from into an alt-right shitlord in high school and then being a mechanic for five years and eventually night school and then college is because of... The right-wing anti-college propaganda that I had bought into—you mm-hmm. know, college is for liberals; it's worthless. Plenty of people got rich without college. Uh, the sort of stuff you can hear in this sphere, and usually the person saying it and pointing out to you that, like, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard or whatever—you know—they probably went to college themselves as yeah, they're saying those words true. to you. And and this is reinforced externally. Uh, of these groups by just plain old right-wing culture, right? Country music is one that I always go to because, you know, there's a strain of rejecting knowledge and praising uh, ignorance Mm -hmm. that runs through that sort of music. The the disdain for all things that are city versus country. Um, Mm -hmm. But these people... Recognize that college often does change people's political affiliations or beliefs, not really because of any indoctrination, but because of your experience of meeting new people Mm -hmm. or being outside the influence of your parents for the first time in your life, most likely Uh, being challenged by others when you put forward bad arguments. And one would hope being taught how to research and engage in critical thinking.
3: (laughs) Reading. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So while today we're focusing on on campus groups, just be aware that conservative youth culture actually drives young people away from higher education, which I see as a strain I, I see a strain of it in the promotion of, you know, technical education, which has been in vogue lately. Uh, yeah. And you know, technical education as in as much as I, I think that's a, a worthwhile phrase is a good thing and yeah. we should fund it. But when you hear these discussions, people often say things like, college isn't right for everyone, or some people just can't make it through college. And I, I hear that from both the left and the right. And I just hear classism shining through, mm-hmm. right? There's a thread of it of
3: classes in there.
1: It implicitly says that these people just aren't the college type, mm-hmm. and that just annoys the shit out of me. Because everyone, anyone can benefit from your basic college education, Mm -hmm. from the sort of liberal arts training that gets you to engage in critical thinking outside of uh, uh, the sort of... I'm also someone who went to a technical school. I went to Universal Technical Institute, one of those mechanic schools right Mm -hmm. out of high school. That's how I ended up a mechanic. I've been through both of them. Uh, And I can tell you... If I had had to take, like, a basic English class at UTI, I'd feel a lot better about the way other people were coming out of there mm-hmm. than the way that I ended Sorry, up. Sorry, it's a school
3: called UTI. Can we just... Yes, it is. Can I we, know. Yeah. Make your jokes yeah. about... No, I'm all right. I think people can make their own jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go
1: fuck no. yourself. <laughs> uh, is that
3: how you get one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you make a joke about uh, class, class of 2012 or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, go... I don't think we had a mascot. Uh, go Bears.
3: <laughs> Cranbr- uh, cranberry juice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go fighting cranberries. <laughs> but on to our next group we're going to talk about today. Right? This is a little bit further over on that spectrum I talked about from the Ben Shapiros. Uh, this is a guy who saw the Ben Shapiro type on TV, uh, wiped the Juicy jupes off his lips with a Pop-Tart, and went on to found Turning Point USA. Um So, admittedly, much dumber than the already dumb Shapiro type, uh, thinks that he can pull off the fast-talking, slick presentation. But the problem is, he actually believes the talking points that Mm. Ben Shapiro was feeding him to get him to do what Ben Shapiro wanted him to do. You don't
3: think Ben Shapiro believes it?
1: (laughs) I think Ben Shapiro believes some of it. But there are some things that he has to know he's lying he has to know he's bullshitting, mm-hmm. right? Because, when, for example, when we looked through his books and we saw him, you know, for example, cherry-picking studies or some shit, yep. in order to get those, you had to have actually looked at what those things actually said. Mm-hmm. You have to know that you're lying about what people mean and what the, the actual outcomes are. You, you have to know that. But I think it's one of those things we talk about a lot as far as whether people believe this stuff. He believes in the cause enough that he thinks lying is justifiable to support the cause. Mm -hmm. That's where I think Shapiro lies on that. But, you know, this second type, the TPUSA type, the Charlie Kirk type, obviously, um, isn't actually aware of who on the left is at or below his level to pick a fight with. Mm -hmm. So it results in a lot funnier instances. I mean, if you just look at videos of Charlie Kirk trying to do the Ben Shapiro schtick Mm -hmm. of arguing with college freshmen and how many times he ends up getting shit on or dunked on, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you don't know, Chuck. You don't know how to pick those sorts of things out. You're not really capable of it. Um, They aren't really capable of coming up with counter-arguments to leftist positions, but again, they think that they can which just leads them to get stuck in a very dumb, precarious situation.
3: Yeah, I saw Charlie Cook debate Ben Burgess one time, who is, like, an actual philosophy professor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just like, bad
1: idea, Charlie, oh, bad idea. Oh, no, Charlie. See, and that's the difference. Ben Shapiro <laughs> would, would never. know not to debate that person, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's a there's plenty of people, like, um, recently I think I showed, or I sent you the video of uh, Dennis Prager hanging up on uh, Sam Cedar, mm-hmm. right as he right as he just got on the program, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh old buddy of ours who was on our show once uh, did the old trick of calling in and having him paired in on the line and trying to get him on. You know, Prager and those sorts, they know. They can't handle someone who's good. And Sam is just an actor. He's just been doing this long enough, and he's well-read and researched enough that he knows... You know, the bullshit he used to tricks. Be involved the, in politics as well, right? Like, well, and, and, as a and commentator. Through his show, he studies the right wing bullshit tricks. I would yeah. say, I would like to say in a similar wet manner as we do, right? So Yeah, except we're way better
3: than that. Sam Theater,
1: obviously. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. But, anyways, uh, so Charlie Kirk, who is a very dumb man, uh, fell ass backwards into a good deal with a Republican mega donor who pumped millions into him, promoting you know, himself, basically, to arthritic boomers and MAGA flag-wearing middle-aged people scared that their kids will turn gay in college. Mm. Uh, so TPUSA was founded in 2012 by Charlie Kirk and Bill Montgomery died. Yep. Yep. Bill Montgomery is who died. Now I realize That's why the one I screwed that died. It up. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's
3: yep. not just everyone associated nope. with youth nope. Movements nope.
1: that nope. died. Nope. Uh, nope. The two, and it's really funny because there are parallels between uh, Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring and Charlie Kirk and Bill Montgomery, but it's just like that funny thing where Charlie Kirk and Bill Montgomery are exactly you know x amount dumber than their corollaries <laughs> in Ben Shapiro <laughs> and Jeremy Boring in a really funny That's way sad. to me. I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like. You know, a couple steps down the ladder. They're just right there. Uh, But, you know, uh, Montgomery saw Charlie Kirk give a speech at Benedictine University when Kirk was 18. This was apparently some sort of high school event that was being held there. And Kirk was, I think, in high school at this time when he was giving this speech. Um, And Montgomery, much like Shapiro's mentor, Jeremy Boring, had a background in the media sphere in that he had spent his career in marketing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Bill convinced Chucky that he should not go to college and instead engage in political activism, which, of course, is the path he ended up going down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, of course, they started their down-home grassroots organization with seed money donations from a Republican megadonor Foster Freeze and continually received massive yearly donations from conservative dark money groups like Donors Trust, who gave them $900,000 in 2019. Uh, in 2020, fun fact, ProPublica investigated TPUSA's finances and claimed that the group had made numerous mis- misleading claims about them, uh, You know, including that they were not audited by an independent auditor, and uh, noted that Chucky's salary had increased to nearly $300,000 and that he had That's bought an $800,000 home, I believe in uh, upstate New York or something. Uh, okay. But... Uh, TPUSA had revenues of $39.2 million in 2020. That is quite the large amount of money. I believe it went Mm -hmm. up in the years following that. And like I said, TPUSA is not aimed primarily at college students, although it has chapters at colleges around the country and around the world, and certainly it works to promote Republican children to positions of power and influence. But looking at their activities, I think it becomes clear that really, they're geared towards propaganda, production, and conservative activism which they would probably admit as far as the activism part goes. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, despite claiming to have representation on 1,000 campuses... Uh, a journalist named Joseph Guinto investigated in 2018 and found that he could only identify 400 TPUSA chapters, most of which didn't appear to have any activity on their Facebook pages. Okay,
3: but that might be another one of those technically correct things. There's like it, one dude, There was one but... guy
1: who signed up on the website with a university yes. email. It could be. It could be. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They hold annual summits, including the Teen Action Summit and the Young cool. Women's Leadership Summit. Uh, both of which to me appear aimed at younger children than college level and which apparently reach out to homeschooling organizations to attract attendees. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We played some clips from some of those events in the past. Uh, I think so. And they're mainly the sort of boring drivel you'd expect with fireworks. Uh, mm-hmm. A while back, I was watching one uh, of the Women's Summit uh, because there was this woman who I bought, I bought her book uh, called How to Raise a Conservative Daughter and she spoke at it. And I was just curious what she had to say. And it's basically just, you know, uh, be a mother rather than pursue a career or education you need to be a good wife above everything else that sort of bullshit mm-hmm. uh, they also operate the professor watch list which was launched in 2016. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which Charlie describes as quote dedicated to documenting and exposing college professors who discriminate against conservative students, promote anti-American values, and advance leftist propaganda in the classroom. Same old shit. Then. Yeah. And of course, the list has led to numerous professors receiving harassment and death threats because, of course, yeah, that it has. Right. Of course, yeah. it has. Uh, most of them, I scroll through the list. Are professors nobody has ever heard of because, of course, uh, I, I was disappointed that I didn't see any professors that I had ever had on the list Mm. because, like, I've had some people who are actually big names in CRT. What the fuck are you doing, Chucky? Get your shit together. Put some people (laughs) on Come on, lads, yeah. Anthony Cook, motherfucker. Uh, But, for example, here is the entry for Gene Stefanchik. A, I've never known how to pronounce her name. A very influential legal scholar in the CRT era, uh, area. And it reads, quote, Dr. Jean Stevanchik is a professor and Clement Research affiliate at the University of Alabama School of Law. Along with her husband, Dr. Richard Delgado, who is a very big name in CRT, by the way, with whom she co-authors most of her academic work. Dr. Mm -hmm. Stefancic is considered to be one of the founders of the discipline known as critical race theory. It is sad that she is less well-known than Delgado, but he wrote the big book on it. Uh, Critical race theory... And I think she's actually part of that book. I I should stop talking because I don't know 100%. Critical race theory is an intellectual branch of Marxism, also referred to as critical theory... It's unclear based on that sentence structure where they're they're saying Marxism is critical theory or critical race theory is critical theory.
3: Uh... Yeah, the grammar's not right. It's great. <laughs> Marxism,
1: M-dash, also referred to as critical theory, M-dash. So, I
3: think they call it Marxism, critical
1: theory. Maybe. That alleges that white supremacy infects all political, legal, and cultural institutions in America. Many prominent critical theorists, including Professor Dr. Nicole Hannah-Jones, even claim that the nation's true founding year is 1619, rather than 1776, oh, when the wow. first slave stepped foot in North America. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, It brings up a book that she wrote, and then it says about it. In the first chapter, Dr. Dr. Stefanchik defines critical race theory as civil rights with a perspective that includes economics, history, context, group and self-interest, feelings, and the unconscious. She additionally states that critical race theory questions the very foundations of the West, including legal reasoning, the Enlightenment, and the neutral principles of constitutional law. Good stuff. That's what they've got. That's what they've got is quoting from her book. And assuming that the reader will be so disgusted that they will move right past it. Um, you know, of course, there's others on there like Cornel West and Ibram Kendi. Uh, they're on the list, obviously. As if but
3: they need to, like, make a list with their those audience on already there. know to
1: hate Cornel West and Ibram X. Kendi. Yeah. They already have that one drilled into them. But you know me, Benedict. Uh, I'm a sucker for good pop culture. Sure. Right? Uh, and of course, TPUSA is most definitely a media organization propped Mm -hmm. up with by billionaire dark money to promote garbage content and funnel money to right-wing bootlickers with good graphic design. Mm. Uh, And if you go to the TPUSA website under the Shows section, of course, you can find the whole list of nobodies they have and the fantastically dumb shows they produce. Uh, Of course, uh, Chucky has his own radio show, but that, I believe, is produced and distributed by Salem Media, who also does, I think, Dinesh D'Souza's show and Dennis Prager. I think they're on the Salem Media Network. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, why don't we take a look at some of the offerings uh, over sure. here on Sounds the turning
0: good. point All right, the let's site. Do it.
1: Beginning with Poplitics, Great. which is described as a daily show for those who love pop culture without the propaganda. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah why not? Uh-huh. Benny on the Block, uh, which is hosted by Benny Johnson, who was fired from BuzzFeed for plagiarism in 2014. Mm-hmm. Of course, has his own show, Freedom Fights. Which reports on the facts of the culture war raging across America. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Breakaway. Breakaway is here to boldly disrupt the sports media industry by changing the narrative. What? John Rood to is what? The-
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with
1: sports? Kneeling, kneeling. Yeah, that's what, yeah. it's just it's. I'm sure it's just 45 minutes of complaining about kneeling every day. That's all it's got to be. Uh, and, and wearing, like, jerseys from teams that have gotten rid of their racist mascots. Probably, I'm sure yeah. that's 90% be, of what yeah, it is. that's probably it. Reloaded. It's time to reclaim the conversation on firearms. Join Paige every week as she humanizes the Second Amendment by empowering, educating, and demonstrating the rights afforded by, to us by the Constitution. Sure. Uh, and then... If you, keep, if you keep scrolling down a ways, you get to like what they call their legacy shows, which I didn't bother to click on, but the titles are fantastic. You have 180, which looks like the 60 Minutes logo. It has a uh, stopwatch okay, in it's it, just 180. It's 180. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Real America with Graham Allen. Uh, Freedom Seeds with Isabel Brown, which has in the logo what looks like a bullet. Cool. So I think they're saying that bullets are freedom seeds. Bullets are the seeds.
3: seeds upon which freedom is grown. Great. Uh-huh.
1: And then the last one, Smash with MAGA Hulk.
3: Cool. Awesome. <laughs> they
1: have a MAGA Hulk, Benedict. Isn't than... there
3: some kind of copyright law infringement that they can be done
1: for? I that? don't uh, know. I don't Disney's know. Disney's normally no pretty litigious.
3: Lawyer.
1: But Benedict, why don't we uh, hear a quick snippet of an episode of Pop Litics? I would love uh, to.
3: Nothing would bring me more joy in this world. <laughs>
1: Uh, This is the current pinned one on their YouTube channel, uh, and it is titled, When Dating to Marry Doesn't End in Marriage with Isabel Brown and Morgan Zegers. Uh, It has, and once again, going back to my this is all just bullshit propped up by Billionaire Dark Money, 7,000 views on YouTube. Mm. That's it. So, you know, how they make money on YouTube to stay alive. No, this is Billionaire Dark Money.
2: Here it is! (laughs) it's the spillover with alex clark a few days ago ben shapiro's sister classically abby tweeted you start with a ben shapiro's sister tweet (laughs) you know i don't relate to breakup songs here's why when you're dating for marriage and you both go in knowing what you're looking for, you'll realize rather quickly whether or not it will work out. And often before you get attached, date frivolously, you'll relate to breakup songs. What does that I posted that mean? this to the public. I, d-
3: I don't th- know. That, that means absolutely nothing because if you if you're going in with like no, it's it that is meaningless drivel
1: date for marriage benedict you yeah. date for marriage
3: no but like what what do you mean just because you're dating for marriage doesn't mean you can't like the person but like what a ridiculous thing
1: right but you know how the only end goal uh for dating is marriage that's the only possible no, end understand. goal there's no I, I, other possible I understand end goal for dating. obviously yeah so so why else would you so if you're not both going to get married you could just break up before you get
2: attached to each other yeah fine perfect politics instagram which is the instagram for both the spillover and my daily show Popolitics, and cute servatives seem to she said cute conservatives she said cute servatives like, she said cute conservatives why i love
1: that so much cute conservatives
3: why did she say it though
2: <laughs> i think that's just what she calls her instagram followers <laughs> I <sighs> seem to vehemently disagree with her. And I was a little shocked by that because I thought maybe a lot more people would agree. And here's the conservative as I like to say.
3: Conserva- I, uh, I'm taking my headphones off. I'm leaving. <laughs> Stop making me listen to this. I cannot the conservative shut the fuck up. Do you you see can't appropriate I love this so our much? language and our culture <laughs> you and put it into a shitty so radio <laughs> show. My headphones are still off. I don't know what you're saying. I'm just <laughs> so mad about it. Fuck off. <laughs> It was so good,
1: (laughs) so 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 good.
3: I love it so much. I hate it.
1: Oh, but uh, you know. So uh, the sense that you get uh, in looking over this group is that there's a contrast, right, between the 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 turning point USAers and the Shapiro's ers. uh, Is that they they don't have the brain power to try and argue economics or facts or logic. So the tendency is to engage in culture war bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they had a whole show that claimed to be about the culture war mm-hmm. is a bit of a tip-off to that, Probably, right? Probably,
3: yeah. I'd say so.
1: TPUSA is basically just an attempt to create a culture war army. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is pretending to be the youth wing of the Western... It's like when Tom Holland pretends to be 15 for the Spider-Man movies. Uh, Because Charlie Kirk is... (laughs) Charlie Kirk just
3: getting eye wrinkles. Still younger than us, but he's no
1: youth, man. He's no youth. Yeah. Uh, But TPUSA is immensely influential because it has cultivated power with wealthy right-wing donors and pumped that money to where it can get some appearance, at least, of impact and to get to right-wing youth groups to win their favor. However... In recent years, a dark challenger has arisen oh, who to is challenge it? Tell me. TV is, it, USA. is it me?
3: Am I doing it by accident?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. You ever looked at your Instagram lately? You yeah. see how many a Conserva- or cute servitors. Oh, oh, my followers. Cute servitors. Yeah, I'm following you.
3: D- Demicuties <laughs> and cute servitors. I should check it?
1: how many Instagram followers she has. I'd love to see what that is. It's just like some pathetic number compared to just like some girl who had a fun cat video once yeah. and now has a billion followers. Uh, but further along on our spectrum, our next group, then the Shapiro dorks or the Kirk, Kirk culture war influencers. You have a group that disdains both of them. Okay. Uh, in fact, even goes so far as outright hatred of the other two, and which is, my perspective, sort of the logical endpoint of where this was going all along. This is a group that thinks that neither of the first two are extreme enough, and it is a group that has worked to infiltrate TPUSA and more cons- traditional conservative youth groups in order to influence them to their way of thinking, and by any appreciable measure, they appear to be winning. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the shithead descendants of the alt-right, the America First movement, or the mm-hmm. Groypers. I don't need to explain to people what Groiper is. It's a Pepe the Frog thing. They're a bunch of shitheads. They're a bunch of fucking idiots. Uh, now... TPUSA has had its share of white nationalists and other shitheads throughout history, right? Uh, Former TPUSA National Field Director Crystal Clanton sent text messages to another TPUSA employee that said, quote, I hate black people like fuck them all. I hate blacks. End of story. Mm. Uh, Fun fact, Charlie Kirk had uh, several months before that said about her, Turning Point needs more crystals. So does America. Great,
3: cool. Yep, awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. After firing Crystal Clanton for his text messages, uh, Kirk hired Shia Lee Grumman and Troy Meeker Uh, HuffPost reported that Grumman had written several anti-gay and racist tweets that included the n-word and Meeker had also tweeted an anti-black slur which led to them getting fired isn't that fun Uh, TPUSA such fun TPUSA defended Florida Atlantic University professor and TPUSA chapter faculty advisor Marshall DeRosa after the nation reported his ties to the white nationalist group we have talked about before in this show the League of the South Uh, And at a December 2017 TPUSA conference, attendee Juan Pablo Andrade was recorded telling several other conference attendees, quote, the only thing the Nazis didn't get right is that they didn't keep fucking going. Right. Their director of urban engagement, Brandon Tatum, told anti-Semitic YouTuber Brian Hotep Jesus Sharp that Sharp was banned from TPUSA events because of, quote, the optics of the anti-Semitic rhetoric. He then told him that TPUSA was, quote... Not
3: the rhetoric itself, but just that it looks bad.
1: he said that TPUSA was between a rock and a hard place because, quote, personally, none of us have a problem with you. We want you here. It's the optics, the media, Mm. end quote. Okay. Uh, Their Iowa State University chapter reportedly invited white nationalist YouTuber Nick Fuentes to speak on campus... Oh boy, that's the guy who leads the movement we're talking about now. Hmm. And the president of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas chapter, Riley Grisar, was caught on video shouting white power in 2019. And that's just a small portion of white supremacist crossover with TPUSA. I will link a Media Matters story documenting far more uh, than just the couple I just talked about. But... The important distinction that I use those to draw is that while TPUSA has attempted to preserve the optics of not being openly racist, the America First shitheads openly embrace it, as well as conspiracy theories and anti-Semitism and misogyny and all manner of horrible shitbaggery. Uh, If you're not familiar... I think it's worthwhile to briefly talk about the primary figure of this movement, uh, who thankfully recently appears Can we to be do it very briefly. We're gonna do it very briefly. Appears okay. to be losing his power after a schism within his group, uh, and appearing to have bilked his uh, incel followers out of a lot of money. That's of course Nick Fuentes. Uh, And Fuentes was born in Chicago, Illinois, in 1998. He is that much younger than us. That pisses me off more than anything. No, the Nazism still pisses me off more. Uh, And he began his his media career in high school on his high school's internal TV channel, where he hosted the Nick Fuentes show. Isn't that fun? Uh, Of course, he attended Boston University. Uh, And began his live stream show America First with Nicholas J. Fuentes during his first semester there. Of course, he was forced to leave Boston U after he attended the Unite the Right neo-Nazi rally in Charlottesville in 2017. Sort of a big deal. Uh, He is a Holocaust denier. He has said that he enjoys using the N-word because it's funny. He's gone on rants calling his enemies Jews or saying they work for Jews. During an interview with Milo Yiannopoulos, he stated that he opposes interracial marriage. Don't bother to reflect on the fact that his father is half Mexican. Uh, Mm. Expressed support for Catholic fascism. Discussed how he doesn't see any benefit to multiculturalism. And, of course, he's a Donald Trump supporter. But a notable difference is that Nikki recognizes that Trump is not the end-all, be-all for the right. And after the January 6th insurrection, which he was also at has pivoted to supporting other figures like Ron DeSantis. And the main difference as I see it is that while the others are opportunists and attention seekers, Nick is actually an open fascist pursuing Mm -hmm. a specific political goal. And unlike others who may reach out to the extreme right to get votes and support out of crass cynicism, thinking they can control those groups, Nick actually thinks that the politics of white supremacy are an end in and of themselves. And he is a part of those groups and thus has much more control over them. Mm -hmm. He also has an army of web trolls who he has been able to stick on his enemies, which is why, don't worry, I will not be putting his name in the show notes for this episode so they can be pulled up by a Google search or some shithead. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. And, of course, he has a cadre of powerful allies who have helped him along the way. Michelle Malkin, the once-prominent pundit, has aligned with Fuentes and his racist movement, as has, of course, Paul Gosar, Steve King, Idaho lieutenant governor and fucking crazy person Janice McGeechan, and, of course, Alex Jones, who has had him on oh, the show multiple yep. times. No, makes
3: sense. Perfect. Good. Gave him yep. a speaking
1: spot at a rally that Jones held in D.C. after he was kicked off some social media platforms and gave Nick his own channel on Jones' streaming service, Band.Video. Video. Awesome. So this is a legit neo-Nazi who has weaseled his way into some influential company, and he and his followers have been actively trying to further infiltrate groups like TPUSA and TPUSA in particular. Uh, For a long time, a strategy of the Groypers was to go to Shapiro and Kirk speaking events and ask questions.
3: Try and pin them down, right? They they Um, did,
1: particularly on issues like U.S. government support and foreign aid. Uh, Mm. They, of course, Israel is one that they like to bring up a lot because they're a bunch of fucking Nazi bitches Uh, Mm. and generally make asses of themselves while also embarrassing Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro because they would do things like say, well, you support aid to Israel, but not to these other countries. What makes Israel different? Mm. And, you know, Shapiro might have an answer for that. It's a bad answer, but he has an answer. Charlie Mm. Kirk doesn't have an answer for that because his brain doesn't work fast enough. Yeah, that's true. And many in the media sort of treated this as a let-them-fight moment, which I, I again, am a little bit disappointed in because it was much more serious than that. Uh, Because TPUSA has become more extremist in recent years. Just looking at the homepage of their website right now, when I went on it, a pop-up comes up that says, Stop the Great Reset with pictures which of course we know is the name of of Alex Jones's book with pictures of Justin Trudeau. I don't know why he's there. I think they have some COVID thing. They, they never got off of with him, Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab. So that's, that's fun. Of course, don't forget, uh, uh, that, that is of course Alex Jones's book. As I said, we will be talking about that a lot coming up and I expect we're going to see a lot more what they refer to as mainstream right-wing sources talking about the great reset in the near future. But Fuentes' movement has won more uh, in the way that the Republican Party won following the passage of the Civil Rights Act, which is really by getting supports at the grassroots level and taking over. Uh, Groypers have managed to rise to the leadership positions of a number of Turning Point USA chapters. Uh, And in Mm. fact, that's been a a thing that has caused members of those Turning Point USA chapters to resign and write some pretty explicit letters about the shit they experienced. It's something. It's not enough, but it's something. Um... Mm. But also, a new campus group has come into existence in recent years called College Republicans United, or CREW, mm. which is an explicitly Groiper affiliated college Republican group with a focus on white supremacy and shitposting. Uh, cool. For I mean I, I if you just look at the Arizona one is the the one that's that's most uh, what is well happening in Arizona that just Arizona is a fucked weird, up state yeah, man yeah, yeah, it is a yeah. fucked up state I mean the the College Republicans United of Arizona State University their Twitter page uh, says in their description dark mode activated America cool. first Christian nationalists at Arizona State University and has a link to their Gab profile. Which is great. Great. The what's happened, what's happened to
3: Madison Cawthorn since he lost his election? I, I don't we know. Gonna, man. I thought he like activated dark mode. I like
1: hope what? he comes up somewhere again because that would be a lot of fun to me if I was able to run across him again. I hope he writes a book so that we can oh, talk about it. Oh, yeah, I so hope he does. Uh, but College Republicans United was founded in 2018 by Rick Thomas at Arizona State University. Uh, that same year, a group of former members posted all the receipts showing that Ricky was a neo-Nazi edgelord, which awesome. I will link to in the show notes they put it up on Document Cloud including for example a photo of him posing in front of a Dodge Charger with a gallon of milk and a tiki torch cool if you don't know that that is a reference to Unite the Right the Charger was the car that murdered Heather Heyer great uh, and of course the tiki torches is, is pretty obvious self-explanatory yeah. a text in which he called Childish Gambino quote degenerate monkey filth uh text of him endorsing eugenics, a text in which he said, quote, we must secure the existence of our soil and a future for American blood, a phrase that is very similar to the Nazi Nazi 14 words. Yes. Yes. And records of his attempts to bring alt-right figures like baked Alaska to campus. Uh, The co-founder of the group, Kevin DeKuiper, was also outed as a white supremacist, having an exchange which read, quote, uh, this is from someone else who posted on his, what's with the N-word in your profile picture? Someone named Austin Wilcox asked under a photo of DeCuyper and Candace Owens, to which he responded. Oh, God! He responded, DeCuyper responded, quote, I work in state politics and co-founded a right-wing organization that's already called Nazis slash alt-right regularly. So it helps me a lot to be camouflaged and low-key on my public profile because it helps me to have support of the right-wing community who thankfully don't know my more extreme views. Right. And that's many... Good. Sorry, he wrote
3: this publicly, or...?
1: I don't know how they got a hold of this one. This was in that package of receipts that the former members posted to Document Cloud. Gotcha, Uh, gotcha. Might have been. Might have been public. I don't know. But I I just looked at what they posted to Document Cloud. I didn't bother to go and try and find his actual Facebook profile. Um, And many of these shitlords, when cornered, will claim that this is all trolling. It's jokes. It's just fun. They're not real Nazis. But even setting aside the fact that that's a lie, and they are little neo-Nazi shits... When you create an entire persona based around pretending to be a Nazi, you're a fucking Nazi. Mm, Because, you know, like all fascism, this is a movement of aesthetics. They have done the same thing Richard Spencer tried years before of putting a suit and a nice haircut on a skinhead and pretending it's something else. And it has gotten some people. They've managed to trick people into getting into this. I mean, uh, those kids who posted all the receipts... They joined this group, and it's not like they weren't saying things they believed. It's not like they weren't acting like edgelord shitheads. It's just that they, you know, when they first joined, they didn't know that these leaders were using the explicit bad words, Hmm. and then they found out. It's still the same ideology, though. Um, CREW, College Republicans United, now has chapters at a number of colleges. Uh, One number I found said 16 chapters, but I couldn't verify that. Uh, But the activities that they engage in show a disturbing embrace of white supremacy by a campus organization. Uh, On September 2nd, 2022, just a week and a half ago, uh, the Arizona State chapter hosted white supremacist Jared Taylor, who we have talked about before. Yep. Remember him. founder of American Renaissance, personal friend and former employer of Richard Spencer, to speak at ASU. It was titled, quote, If We Do Nothing, colon, A Defense of White Identity Politics. It doesn't Ooh. get more exp- explicitly white supremacist than that. It really doesn't. Oh, and uh, Paul Gosar spoke to the group in April 2022. That's fun. The event happened, right? This went on. Jared Taylor was at ASU. It was counter-protested. It was sparsely attended, but it happened. And that is disturbing to me. And I think most of the people who have heard of Fuentes know of him because of his America First Pack event, which I would call similar to this, which he held earlier this year, at which Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Steve King, and others either made appearances or sent in videos. That's the same speech in which Fuentes questioned the comparisons of Putin to Hitler by saying, as if that's a bad thing. Mm. And the media, who I'm still angry at again, covered the story from the angle Of them chanting Putin, of the Putin endorsement, of the endorsement of the Russian side in the war, not the fact that this is an open neo-Nazi who two members of Congress now have associated themselves with. That's what should be highlighted in that. What
3: happened with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Like, they tried to pin her down on it. What did she say? She was like, I don't she know She was like, his politics I'm just reaching, and...
1: these I don't see them as white supremacists. I see them as young people, and I'm just uh-huh. reaching out. They're good conservatives, blah, blah, blah. Everyone just accepts the fact that she's a fucking moron now, which is dangerous yeah. because she's a dangerous moron. Uh, But recently, you know, uh, Fuentes has been appearing on Elijah Schaefer's show, who we've talked about on the show. Mm -hmm. He's been hanging out with the shithead streamer Destiny, who apparently has millions of followers, as far as I know. I'm not Mm -hmm. that big on YouTube culture, so I don't know, but I assume he's big because I see him all over the place. And a slew of other people who are welcoming him, not because he has anything of value, but because he's popular with a following of extremist youths, and that means some clicks, baby. And the number of people who support this only appears to be growing. Even if Nick is no longer the leader after this whole schism that happened in his group, the community that is into this is growing. It's the darkest depths of the internet moving into public and starting to act like this in real life. And unlike the LGBTQ community that they like to scream are groomers, they are actually coming for your kids. So, you know, there's... (laughs)
2: So it's, that's it's that. bad,
1: man. It's bad. I mean, I, I, I don't have the words I think to really say how I want to end this. But I think to end the show this week, my, my words aren't good enough. So I'll present you something oh, okay. that one of the protesters uh, told Jared Taylor and the shitheads as they left the venue at ASU, which I think is is perfectly said, which is quote, "Fuck off to LL Bean, you Nazi motherfuckers." <laughs> I don't that's think fair. I could say it much better than that. Uh, that is our episode for the week, man. The conservative youth movement is a scary place. It yeah. really is. Like, I I I have great distaste for David Brooks to say it very mildly, uh, but he has an article in the Atlantic about a national conservatism conference he attended. That's actually sort of interesting.
3: Yeah, I remember that. Know Your yeah. Enemy did a good good uh, yeah. episode about that as well.
1: Yeah, read just uh, it's it's there's so much disturbing stuff out there in this space. It's, e- it's when even someone of- like David Brooks, who is a fucking neocon. Shithead, like I'm fucking worried about where conservative, where the right is going. You should perk up your ears and be scared too.
3: So the the way the way know your enemy look at it, um, obviously a much bigger podcast than ours, but the the, the way they talk about it, which I think is good, and I'll quote, is the the victim culture that they cultivate in these things is. Like, what are they giving themselves the permission to do by cultivating this victim culture? I I, I think I Um, agree with that.
1: That's a very good way to put it. Because when you characterize your enemies as wanting to destroy America, as communists, as Marxists, as people who, you know, if you go with the conspiracy theories, want to, under the Great Reset conspiracy theory, kill a third of the world population. You Mm. do give yourself the right to do whatever it takes. And, And that's fucking scary. And that's how yep. you, I've said it before, that's how you get to fascism. Because mm-hmm. anything is justifiable to defeat the Marxists, the socialists. There's nothing that's, that's not okay. To defeat
3: for. the people that are already coming for you. Yeah. It's a reaction.
1: Yeah, it is. But anyways, um, that's our show for today.
3: That's depressing, so if we don't make it to next week, love to everyone.
1: Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC, become a patron for as little as $2 an episode, I'm $1 an episode, sorry, for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, a baby. I want to... (laughs) a baby please change it to "duh, baby so i can at least pretend we have a rapper who listens uh veronica forker polly hauptman you can keep it as a baby i'm not really good i'm not really telling you how to do your own no
3: but you have to pronounce it as a
1: baby okay melissa c jd george Solnier, tinkers damn janet yutter stefan shannon hailman utah outcast brent lee Dave Barwick Dodd Snow Chris Palmer Bad Bible Stitches Mockingbird Nation Bacaw Benjamin Carlyle Dexter Allison Megan Ruth Rung the Deceiver Big Easy Blasphemy Stephen, and Cindy Demick AJ Brantley Taru Takanan and Balls Watterson Thank you all as always for being our patrons That's it for this week's show Till next time Dooley band baby Goodbye Bye